Welcome to Surviving Danger Close with our first ever live interview or any type of interview at that chance. Um, we are on today with Hopewell Ranch with Jody and Linda. And Hopewell Ranch is something that has been near and dear to my heart. I met them through Warriors Hope. As you know, uh, we work closely with Warriors Hope, the nonprofit that I'm the assistant director with for veterans. And if you notice over my shoulder, that is Justice. He is a horse that I met at Hopewell Ranch when I tried to debunk the what I thought was a myth of how horses and animals can help us in our traumatic times. Um, I'm sure Jody will remember this well, but uh, we went and visited you guys um, many years ago. And they said, well, why don't you give it a try? And I said, sure, let's try this thing. Um, and it was one of the most life-changing experiences I think I've ever had, especially when it comes to dealing with trauma. And I cannot get back there enough. Um, we were going to go live from their ranch, but COVID had other plans. Uh, so now we are doing it virtual. Jody, Linda, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Good. Jody, I want to start with you. This is your project. This came from some trauma you went through, read the book. Um, that was what I forgot to grab. Uh, but I've got the book from you guys. I've read it. Um, tell us how Hopewell Ranch started. Well, in 2003, my husband and I uh, found out we were pregnant and we already, our, our two children that we already had were teenagers. So this was quite a surprise. And uh, sadly, I developed toxemia, which is extremely high blood pressure, which led to a hospital stay that lasted 17 days between two different hospitals. And on June 1st, our baby um, passed away. And on June 2nd, I gave birth to her. Mm. She was 23 weeks Injection. She was perfect. She was tiny. Um, and after she was born, I looked at Ty and said, we need to name her. And he said, yes, but what? Sorry, I get a little emotional sometimes. And we've just started. I know. <laughs> right. I know. Take your time. We've Take all your time. Been in that place. Yep. So I said, how about hope? And immediately the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, hope will rise again. And I needed that. I needed it to come home to be a wife and a mom and to continue. And um, I did. I went home and started walking. Uh, we had a party at that time. So he went with me on my walks and we had long conversations with God. And through that process, I received um, lots of messages about horses and healing and the power of the horse and how it can connect with us and help us uh, navigate life's trials. And so I just said, Lord, I, I want that for me. I said, I, I've, I've loved horses my whole life. Um, we grew up, I grew up in Holt, which is a suburb of Lansing. So having a horse in Lansing was not going to work. Um, but it was a dream, a lifelong dream. And so my parents gave me lots of lessons in horse camps. And after reading these articles, I thought, okay, this is what I'd like for myself. And I went into a tractor supply in April of 2004. And on the shelf was a book called Hope Rising. And the, I sucked the air out of the room because God's words echoed in my heart, hope will rise again. So this book is by Kim Meter in Bend, Oregon. And she has Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch, where she takes broken horses and broken children and brings them together. And God does the, God does the miraculous. I, Ty came home that day from work, and he saw me, and I was crying. And he said, what's, what's going on? And I told him about the book. And he said, Jody, I really think this is what we need to do in memory of our daughter and to the glory of Jesus. So Hopewell Ranch was conceived and born in that moment. Okay. So that was our start. Sorry, I'm kind of speechless. I, I have a question, but I, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to take that epiphany of yours and just kind of break it down for some of our normal folks. And um, probably the one thing that that you 
touched on and I think many of us in our daily walk struggle with is that we have something in our heart and we either tend to think that we're not qualified to do that. And obviously you had to learn about the horses and attend all the camps and do all those things. Um, but really, you know, uh, I think a good number of people would probably say, you know, I, I have no idea where to start. I, I don't know that I'm the the authority to, to start a camp like this. So I, I commend you to keep pursuing your dream and, and most importantly, finding those signs um, that we often pray for. And we expect this like burning bush experience. And, and it can be quite simple as just seeing the next book on the shelf. So I, yeah. uh, congratulations to you and your husband and all that do that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I would like to encourage people because I will tell you, I was that person that said, I'm not qualified to do this. Um, I mean, this is beginning a nonprofit. We started from the, the bare roots, um, but really we started with fence posts. Um, after the prayer, uh, fence posts arrived, uh, a saddle, two helmets, and I thought, okay, Lord, you're in this. And so uh, my son and I started Memorial Weekend uh, 2004, started planting these fence posts and watching the, how that, that developed and sharing the vision and sharing the dream with anybody who would listen because I was so excited about the possibilities of what God could do in this arena using these horses. And then the first promise, promised horse came to us um, and his, the Lord told me, I want you to name him over, or excuse me, promise. And I said, okay. And later when we went to see him, he was a big thoroughbred and the Lord's, uh, this horse came right up to me and put its head against my chest. And the girl that had the boarding facility where he lived kept calling him Ovi. And I said, Oh, I said, what, what is that? And she said, well, his registered name is Overlook. And immediately the Lord said, see, I do not overlook my promises. And so he was the start and then another horse and a pony. And now we're up to, uh, well, we will have 17 horses this next week because we have another one joining us. That is amazing. And I know every time I am there, you have something new donated. I know one time I was there, it was flat land. The next time I come and there is a indoor arena that was being built. Um, and you guys, now correct me if I'm wrong, you guys didn't pay a thing. That was somebody donated the indoor arena piece by piece, didn't they? Well, we had to raise some money um, to cover the cost of the arena itself. But as far as like having it put up, all of that was donated. Every, um, every person uh, involved um, time we had a local steel erection company come in and put the trusses up um, the electrical was donated by J rank electric I mean the number of people who have been involved seriously um, again it was like watching miracles happen and yeah. every time we had a need God God showed up and said here and so everything was taken care of yeah, and I remember that uh, first day that I met Justice. Um, like I said, that was a life-changing e event. Um, there was a, oh, wow. We went out into that arena, the pasture right there. I think it was the front one, but next to your office where you're at now. And we just, uh, it was amazing to me how a skeptic like myself, could be easily transformed into, okay, this is something that's real. Um, my first interaction with the horse was I was, there was, uh, I forget the event, but there was a, quite a few people there, if I remember correctly. And uh, actually just over uh, your left shoulder is where I was standing and people were bouncing into me and I had some of my anxiety starting to go off. And so uh, one of your coworkers, and you and I, we walked outside and because uh, I remember it was Tammy and uh, she she and I really connected. We still talk. And she said, you're you're having a, an experience, aren't you? I said, well, yeah. She goes, let's go outside and see how that translates into the horses. And I will never forget the first interaction I had with them. 
to me, yeah, I've been around horses growing up. To me, they were fun animals, you know, work animals, great to have around. I've always enjoyed them, but I never knew the connection you could get. Um, and Justice is a Mustang. Um, we have more similarities than dissimilarities. Uh, my nose is not quite as big as his, but almost. And tell me, tell the, the our people that are on here and who'll be listening to this. Tell us about Justice. How did you guys get a hold of him? Well, Justice is from Bald Mountain, Nevada, and uh, Tony Hazen, who is an amazing horse trainer in Midland, Michigan. Um, she was volunteering her time out here, uh, working with our horses. And she said, Woody, I've got these Mustangs that I'd like to um, have you come and see. And I told everybody here, I said, well, I'd love to see, but we're not going to get one. <laughs> uh, you never say those things, I tell you. As back much as I know Jody, when she says she's not going to get a horse, she's going to get a horse. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. We went to Midland. Uh, and we went into this beautiful arena and there were all these stalls with all these different horses and she was working with justice and she said, I really want you to, to consider him. And I said, well, Tony, I told everybody I wasn't going to get one. I said, do so you have to convince me why? <laughs> and she said, well, he's, he's bigger. He's super friendly. Um, he's very curious and I, he's got the right, um attributes you're going to need for doing the work you do and i said okay so she took him into the round pen and started working him and he did everything i mean he uh yielded like she put a bridle on with the bit uh she checked all four feet he he, he willingly gave her all four feet which anyone who knows horses and if you don't know horses if they yield their feet to you that's their greatest weapon and so they're showing you that they trust you and she ground drove him. She played with him. There was a ball in there. And he, he just seemed um, really engaged and really easygoing. So I told him, Tony, I have to get approval from my husband. I said, and I, in my heart, I'm thinking, there's no way. <laughs> so I went outside and I called Ty and told him what was going on. And he says, well, if you think it's God, go for it. <laughs> no happy wife, happy life, Ty. <laughs> So I went into the barn and I, I was crying because I was just so in shock and so happy. And um, and she said, wonderful. She said, I'll take him back to my farm. I'll get him more trained for you and then I'll bring him out to you. And he's been a wonderful addition uh, to the yeah. program. And I think, Justin, when, well, I think what drew you to him, I think was you said he was a watcher. Yep. He was vigilant watching everything going on and you i think that was your connection with him at the beginning was just yeah, that i remember you guys and had been there and you said just watch and see what you observe first before we ever went into the stall and i'd always kept my eye on him because you know um for those that don't work with horses or don't know much horses are really prey animals so they're never really without looking around and it's a lot of what we go through is trauma with veterans first responders that hyper vigilant we're always looking and that's what connected me and justice was he was watching over the entire area that he had access to um and the other horses were able to relax because they knew he was watching and that's one thing that just kind of drew me to it and when i went up to him here i mean he is no small boy um and here this i don't know what he weighs but thousand pounds. i mean the dude's huge you just connect with him and the first minute he nuzzled his nose right into my shoulder and it was like since then you know there has been times when I have terrible days, really down, and I'll text Jody. I'll just be like, hey, I need some pictures. And usually it's about when you're doing chores or something like that, and I'll get a picture within a few minutes right away. And Or, you know, here's the last one we took. I'll get more when I go back out and see them. And uh, that has really been what's got me through a lot of them. Now, one thing I want to hit on is your Project Solomon. 
Uh, that's the, the one thing that I know I wish you guys were closer because I'd love to work more with it. But Project Solomon, is it just for veterans now or are you, you were talking about expanding it? We are, we are. Um, okay. this, last, this last segment, we actually had somebody who was a corrections uh, officer um, in the prison join us. So yeah, you had mentioned first responders. Uh, we now have a, a police chief on our board of directors, um, you know, firemen, anybody, you know, who's kind of frontline that needs needs us. I know Linda and I've talked about it. We'd be more than willing, you know, to work with them. Yeah. And now is that all going to be under Project Solomon or is that going to be a different project? Actually, I think Project Solomon is going to be our umbrella for those okay. people as well. Um, and Linda, you, uh, I know we talked to us before we started recording, Jared yelled at us for going too quick. Um, what do you do with, with the ranch? Well, I'm, um, a partner. Um, and since we work in teams of two under the Egala method, um, I'm the mental health specialist. And then I work with an equine specialist who would be my partner. And often that is Jody, who's an equine specialist, and I'm the mental health specialist. Do you want to explain Egala? Equine. Thank you. I was about to ask that. Okay. E-A-L-A. <laughs> e e e e e we like to call Jared our interrupter, but usually he's the one. Okay, guys, what are you talking about? What does this mean? Okay. He's, our, he's our civilian representative. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, E-A-G-A-L-A, -E Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. It's an international group of people who believe in the power of horses um, because of their unique qualities to help people. And um, I, I think you already described a lot of how horses do help people. And, and, and we find that every day. So our, our mission as an Igala team, and we have several of them out here, is assist the horses in helping the people. So we don't spend a lot of time talking or telling people what to do or anything like that. Just um, kind of set it up and, and let the horses work with the people. And um, that's how we see the amazing things. And when she says they don't lead you to anything, I can attest that is very annoyingly true. <laughs> yes. We've had a lot of annoying people. <laughs> um, I remember our first time we went out there with Warriors Hope, and there was just Ken and myself because there was something that happened, and we just we had I think we had twelve people signed up, and they all backed out, and it was like, okay, what do you guys see? Well, what am I supposed to see? Can't say anything. And yeah, so it's very annoyingly true. They will sit back and just, what do you observe? Because we each, and I think John and I have talked about this before, we can all go through the same experience and come out with a different viewpoint of it because of our experiences, because of our environment growing up, our the way we are, our personality. And where one person will see two horses kind of playing with each other another person will see oh that's my mom and dad fighting or and another person will see you know oh that's this guy that's bugging me or this girl that's bugging me you know it's just it's how you view your own world view and how you interpret what the horse are doing and i wish we could have been on site we will be out there with sdc one of these days um because I told you, if justice ever comes up missing, don't look at my house. <laughs> um, so with Project Solomon, tell me a little bit more about that as I try to get my dog to be quiet. <laughs> well, Project Solomon um, is a group of people, veterans, uh, mostly at this point. But like I said, we will be opening it up to more responders. And yeah, more people who have dealt with trauma. And... Uh, we try to keep it small, so six to eight people, and then Linda and myself, and then, of course, the horses. And we are currently, uh, we were actually going to be ending Project Solomon a couple weeks ago, and the veterans looked so sad about it that we asked, would you like us to extend it? And they were like, yeah, it was unanimous. So we're going to go till mid-December, and it's free 
It's free for our veterans. We don't charge. We, we want to serve those who have served our country. And so um, we fundraise for that. But when they come into the farm, basically we pick a field, depending on the number of people that we're working with, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we will let them go out into the field with the horses, and we'll see who chooses who. So a lot of times the horses, they're curious by nature. So they often will come up and they will, they'll nuzzle the person or they'll sniff them or just stand next to them. And they, we spend our first couple weeks at least letting them develop the relationship so that they can become part of the horse's herd. So um, the things that we're looking for are relationship building, um, getting rid of that isolation, um, feeling connected, uh, which right now with COVID, so many people feel so disconnected. And so when they come out here, they get to have a buddy and their horse buddy becomes their partner throughout the time that we meet. And we normally meet 90 minutes a week. Um, and it depends on if the weather's nice. Uh, we've gone out into the pasture or we go into the arena. And um, one week, um, Linda and I discussed what we were going to be doing. And Linda asked everybody to just shout what their main challenge was for that week. Or maybe that was their main challenge over their life. And we had a variety of answers. Um, isolation, uh, trying to heal from their childhood. Um, because what Linda and I discovered is a lot of the trauma happened pre-military. Right. Do you want to talk about that at all? Well, I think they've done enough studies now. and Not that I like studies, but they've done enough studies that they've discovered that the people who seem to be most vulnerable, and I don't mean just veterans, but I think across the population, People who are most vulnerable to stress and trauma in later life are people who've experienced some kind of trauma in early life because in, in our early lives when we experience trauma, we don't get hardly any help at all in dealing with it, so it stays in us. And, um, and so it's there and we carry it with us and it transforms the way we react to things and people around us too. Um, the horses are extremely sensitive. That's the reason we love them. And they pick up on our feelings, sometimes even if we don't, even if we've tried to hide our feelings, even from ourselves, the horses pick up on that and cue into that. And they react very often to the feelings that we're projecting, even if we're not aware of it. And, and often those are the leftover traumas that haven't been resolved yet. And, and so that's part of what makes it so amazing and so miraculous for me, I have to say, for, hopefully for everybody else, but for me, to see these things happen, and, and Joy and I sometimes we just stand there and we say, wow, because the horse is working in a unique way that horses work. They're different than dogs. They're not like dogs. And and so the way that the horses work, go, they're, they're right straight to the point a lot of times. And I have to say, when Joy was talking about a picking a horse initially in the pasture, sometimes somebody picks a horse, but the horse picks somebody else. And the horses switch partners until the horse is happy with the partner because I think I think personally that the horse knows that that person is somebody that they can help and want to work with. Yeah, yeah, you're very right on that, Linda. We have seen that, and and our horses have such a varied background. All of our horses here at the ranch have been donated. Um, some of them are um, more sensitive than others, but they all have gifts. And our horses that have come from trauma really key in on the people who have severe trauma. And so when we partner, it's interesting for us to watch. So we had a veteran who, who joined us, and he said, what is it about this horse? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I went home and slept nine hours after being with her, and I don't do that. <laughs> I asked him, I said, well, can you tell us a little bit about your life and he said well yeah it was awful um, a lot of abuse and neglect and he said and i enlisted as soon as i could to get away from that well then he he's he was a combat veteran and so he he basically described to me the past that this horse who chose him had she came from severe neglect and abuse so mm. had a real heart for him and she wanted to minister to him. 
And it was so beautiful to see that partnership and, right. and the, the journey that they took together. Wow. <clears throat> when Dustin talked about, Dustin, you talked about prey animals, and I think that that, that also, their, their 40, 50, 60,000 year history on this planet has prepared them to survive as a prey animal that's attacked by predators. And humans are predators. Think about it. How can a horse trust us, a predator, who eats them, and, and at least in their mind. Well, in some countries, but the horse is willing to give itself its trust to us and to work with us as, as people. And I, I think it is quite miraculous. And that's, that's the basis mm -hmm. that I'll the program on is, is the process that happens and, and trusting the process between the horse and the human. And I think it's amazing that the memory of those things too. Um, I mean, I remember it was a year, a year between sessions when I first met Justice. And uh, if anybody knows Justice, that boy has his nose in the hay at all times or in the feed <laughs> of any kind. Um, but I remember when I went there and I was in my mind when I first went back and I mean, it was a good probably 10 months later. And I was like, oh, there's no way this thing's going to remember the interaction we had. And I got out there, and I just stood by the pole, just watched him. And he turned, looked at me, walked all the way over to where I was at, let me pet him a little bit, and then he went back to food. So it was just like they they have such a memory of who they can and can't trust. And, um, yeah, I've taken up enough of the time. John, did you have questions, or did you want to talk some? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's interesting to talk about horses because uh, uh, my niece raises horses and I've never had a desire for horses. And I, I please, I don't mean to offend anyone. Um, animals, you know, um, they're either a food source or they're, you know, a tool. So I, I guess, you know, when you talk about these sessions, um, as a veteran or first responder, if uh, if this was something that I'm willing to try to achieve peace or look for something, um, you said about 90 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. H how many weeks is that? Well, do you do that for? We were originally going to do eight weeks, but uh -huh. when they asked us to extend it, we were extending it probably an additional five weeks. So. Okay. 13 so 13 weeks and I be, the reason we were doing it eight weeks before was we thought well we'll do this eight week segment and then we'll do another eight week segment but because we, we will um, not close down but we will be limited in our capacity when winter really hits <laughs> we have a beautiful arena but we still have ice and, and things that we have to deal with so but we want to resume in March. And so, and we okay. keep an door. So even if somebody has come and been a part of it, they're welcome to come back and do it again. In fact, the gentleman that I shared with you about mercy was his partner. Um, when he, he came back, he, he took um, maybe two years off and came back and he was in a different place. You could tell um, he mm -hmm. was, he was more assertive. Uh, he had gotten stronger but he was still trying to figure out the anger component of what he was dealing with. And when he came to the, <laughs> justice met him and he looked at justice and he said, what are you doing here? You and I don't get along. Well, justice became his partner for those next eight weeks. And it took him at a different level from it to, for where he was at. And it was just really cool to watch him process the things that he, so, so mercy was his start but then justice was able to take him further in the process. So that's the other beautiful thing about having different horses from different backgrounds. Oh, so you're saying justice is cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dustin. Joe <laughs> loves you, Dustin. You have to come out and visit him, Dustin. I've been tried. I have been tried. Wow, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, uh, 
for maybe one of our viewers, um, they're sitting at home watching this video or watching it here in the next few days, and they say, you know what, I've tried everything. You know, maybe uh, talking to a counselor one on one is not working for them, or you know, whatever. You know, chances are they're probably like us at some point and weren't weren't doing anything different and expecting a different result. Let's say I wanted to reach out to you and say I wanted to try this. How how can we reach you, or how how do we go about signing up and getting involved with you folks? Uh, you can email us to info at hopewellranch.org or okay. go to our website and check us out there. And then um, Facebook, Instagram are pretty active. And uh, if people want to call us, of course, to make a reservation, um, we already have people who are potential signing up for our spring segments. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're pretty excited. We, we want to make sure that we can make this accessible to people. And Linda and I now, uh, we call it Warrior Wednesday um, from 1 to 2.30 is when we meet. Um, we used to meet on Saturdays and we would provide breakfast. Well, now we kind of, we meet on Wednesdays and we provide lunch. So, because um, that was another thing we were discovering is that, uh, you know, food insecurity has no age limit. Uh, so people mm -hmm. uh, don't, they don't have access to the, the the things that we for granted. Kind of nourishment that people need. Yes. It's not so, available. You know? So we made a, a plan to go ahead and um, start providing a nice lunch for them. So when they come, um, it's a nice thing is fellowship. You know, you can have food, you can have fellowship, and just feel relaxed. Um, and building, again, that uh, sense of camaraderie which you all know very well, um, but you know, for civilian people, that 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 connection between uh, veterans is so incredible, and it doesn't matter what branch, um, yeah. you all have that, and so we feel really good, you know, having that opportunity, and then having the time to go out and be with the horses, and part of the part of the ninety minutes is processing, you know, asking them questions about, you know, what like for you and because you're dealing with a group you know everybody's individual so it takes a little extra time but I would love to share a story about how um, one of our veterans uh, was able to process some of the stuff he was dealing with so Linda and I had asked the group you know individually what what are you facing this week and one of them said getting over the trauma of my childhood and so then we invited everybody to set up a course using pool noodles and barrels and cones and any of the things we call them toys in the arena. And so and balls, I mean, there's just everything, but in it's all metaphoric. So it becomes a metaphor for something in their, in their life. So gentlemen took um, cones and went all the way across the arena. And our, our arena is a hundred feet wide. So he went, pretty much from wall to wall. And then he then he came back and started adding in extra. And Linda and I were like, we have a lot of obstacles. He looks at me and he goes, I sure do. So, <laughs> um, and he had his horse buddy with him. And so then we invited them to maneuver through their obstacles with their horse buddy. So he did, um, he was walking through and he was um, moving around, you know, and so I, I felt like I should go and ask him how it was going. And he goes, well, it's going. And I said, there sounds like a hesitancy in your voice. And he said, well, I really wish they weren't there. And I said, well, what can you do about that? And he go, it was like a light bulb moment. And he said, well, maybe they can knock them over. And I said, well, okay. So he tried. And I kid you not, that horse sidestepped every <laughs> obstacle. It was like she was being polite. <laughs> well, I can't knock that over. So after he went through it a couple times and she didn't do exactly what he wished she would do, I said, well, maybe she doesn't know how. Or it and could that, have been the Canadian horse and was to be yeah. too polite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he, I said, can you show her how? And he, I wish you could have seen the look of joy on his face because it was that light bulb Oh my word, I can do this. So he went through that obstacle course and he gave his best football kick to every one of those things 
walk by. And, you know, here's Dreamer, the horse that's walking with him, and she's just watching everything fly away. <laughs> no, you it. never gave me that option. Destroying <laughs> stuff, that's what we do best. I, I want to sign up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Next time hey, you I'll talk. tell you what, John, finger painting a horse. You have not survived until you finger painted a horse. It is hilarious. <laughs> Grown men out there splashing paint on that thing is a whole, it's a blast. <laughs> we it's definitely experiential we use every kind of medium we possibly can and uh by the time this this gentleman was done with kicking all those things over you could see that he was holding his head higher his chest was a little bit you know puffed out a little more i mean you just he looked like the weight of the world had been lifted off his shoulders and i realize it's just a metaphor but he realized that when he came through that that he could do it. He lifted the world off his shoulders himself. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that, Linda? Because that it's solution focused. Yeah. Well, the whole uh, the whole Egala process, um, trust the process, and trust that we each one as individuals have the solution already inside of ourselves, and we know really what we need, and we have an idea about how to do it. Most of us have been trained not to do those things. We've been trained to give in to somebody else's, you know, ideas or orders or evaluations of us. And we have often swallowed those things and we don't trust ourselves. And so um, Igala teaches everyone um, to trust themselves, trust the process, and trust the horses. The horses are the important part of the process and the horses are always very honest about it too so when when uh he said the horse wasn't going to do it i think probably the horse knew that it wasn't her job to do it it was the job of the person who was trying to grow and and um feel better about himself and apparently that's what happened isn't it we sometimes jody and i um are standing there and we think oh Maybe we better do something. And then we think, let's wait five minutes. And um, 99, I would say 100% of the time, actually, it all resolves itself because the horse and the human figure it out themselves. And if we had intervened in that, we would have messed it all up. So we really tend to trust the process. We trust the horses. Um, different horses have different personalities. And sometimes we wonder how it's going to go. And it's quite amazing how it actually goes better than I ever could have predicted many times. Um, so we really do trust the humans and the horses and the process that the, they create. We don't create it. So sometimes are stuck, you know, like ideas or thoughts are stuck in a part of the brain that's not accessible through talk therapy. Well, the horses, because it's movement, it's action. Um, a lot of times that's when that can move from a part of the brain to where it can become more accessible and allow the person to realize, hey, I, I've got this, I can do it. And the horses, you know, just help move that around. And it's just really incredible to watch. And we have never been let down by this process. When you have somebody who's willing to engage and really try, it's incredible. It really is. And, and we don't step in to save people um, because if we step in to save someone or give them the answers, we take away that person's power. And we, did, we do again what other people in society have already done to this person that was the opposite of being helpful. So we don't try to save people. We trust the process. We trust the person to be able to do it. And we're there silently rooting for them in the background, but, but trusting that they'll be able to do it. It's, quite an amazing process and and you can tell I, I get all excited just even talking about it and being in the arena is a part of it is so exciting because it's it's quite amazing how it works and I will will attest to the fact that they do not come in and save you when I was surrounded by and I can't remember names it was the black and white ones in the far arena years ago um, <laughs> They had me boxed in, and I'm looking at Jody like, are you going to get over here and help? And she goes, now what are you going to do? I'm like, call for you. Um, but no, they will not come and save you. <laughs> but it was good because it was it, it learned 
like we we like to put our brain is the type that we like to put similarities together and i liked what you said linda about not not reaching out not coming up because you would ruin it and that's absolutely true because um i have seen it the the one of the times that hopewell or that yeah hopewell had it warriors hope was there and what we call hope to hope uh i can't wait for COVID to get over so we can start that up yes but uh we had it where something was going on and i was stepping back and watching and asking questions and i could see how one individual it was a couples we had that couple uh veterans couples there and the husband interpreted it this way and the wife interpreted it a separate way and it led them both down some healing paths that they both needed and it was just amazing to me to watch back because our brain relates to similarities that's why trauma has such a effect on the brain because there is no similarity and that's why the far-reaching effects of trauma are like that because it your brain is sitting here okay i feel stressed the last time i felt stressed uh for first responders there was a house fire and i your brain is saying i feel this level of stress now it's time to react it's time to and that's where the aggression the anger and all that comes into and just watching somebody go through that um i mean i still to this day remember that first interaction i had uh i think it was roman uh that was in the lean-to that you had there at the time i don't know if you still got that mm -hmm. i was stressed i was holding myself together like i had trained myself to do the wrong way for years and when i turned that corner and saw him and his reaction it was like looking in a mirror at a horse now the horse probably looked better but it was looking at a mirror I, where i didn't want to say that <laughs> i know i saw your eyes yeah when john likes to when he has something he's gonna crack at he his eyes kind of light up like a guy looking at a fastball coming down the pipe <laughs> <laughs> but now it's just like i saw the fear in his eyes and i was like holy crap that that that's that's what i'm feeling right now and that i always will remember that that point right now i'm like okay there's some truth to this craziness there there's something here and it's just amazing how the horses respond and they mirror how you're feeling um yeah i will definitely never forget my first time there it, it was probably one of the most embarrassing times i've had in in because i allowed people to come in to the barriers i had put up and it was through the horses that if i would not have met those horses i don't think i'd be where i'm at today i really don't because well, i was I'm glad burned out because i'm getting like anxiety thinking about it like i'm sitting here my and i'm just like my heart's racing and i actually got like sweaty hands I'm like that i i couldn't do this man and it's that's so uh, so far outside of my comfort range that, like, legitimately, I'm getting anxiety talking about coming to meet a horse. I just, you know, and, I, and that's just being honest. Like, you know, uh, we've yeah. talked about it on our shows before. You know, it's um, a prime example is the other night uh, I sat down um, and it was right after dinner and, and my fire pager went off. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, you know. And, you know, we run to the fire hall and, and uh the chief told us to stand down and he was going to advise because he was going right to the scene to, to check it out first. And, and it's like, you know, that's always weighing in your mind, you know, like, uh, you know, even right now, my, my pager's downstairs, I'm up here in my office and it's like anxiety thinking about what if that goes off? You know what I mean? Like we have these barriers to, to, to protect ourselves and, and yeah, man, to, to, to meet a horse or anybody that confront me on my, issues you know it's like high anxiety even thinking about it and the biggest thing john was when you're in there too i mean these things are jody help me out what what would it say justice weigh are we talking 1500 he's, he's probably about 1200 pounds oh more than that 1200 pounds. probably 1500 or more okay. okay so you're talking you know we're 240 and they're 
this animal is you. You are two forty. Working out. Actually, that's a lie. Um, my workout happens from October first to January first, and that's if the deer goes down. All right. <laughs> uh, but no, it's you've got this animal that is literally has you by a twelve hundred pounds or more. And now there's, and I remember the time that I mentioned earlier where the two, I wish I could remember their names. It's, they're both black. Lady. Lady. Yep. (laughs) And those two got around me and I could feel it right here where I know anxiety builds for me. And I'm like, I'm going to get squished. They're going to step on me. They're going to, I'm dead. And they're not helping Jody's going to watch me die. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> They're as sadistic as we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch you, but I'm going to ask, are you okay? I'm still going to laugh, but yeah, I'll make sure you're all right. And I could feel it where it was just – and all, all I get from Jody and I think Linda was there. Yeah, yep, Linda, you were there too, and – at the time Tammy was there <laughs> and it was like, everybody's asking, well, what does this mean to you? This means I'm dead. That That's what this means to me. And I'm like, here's me versus 2000 pounds of muscle that at any time could take me out. But you know what? They're not thinking that that that's our own trauma because we're not in control. And at that right. time I was, you know, it, it, and it, maybe it took till now to figure that out. But it was a control issue with me. And I still remember that time was I'm not in control and I don't like to be in control. Or I don't like to not be in control. Let me correct that. And right. I knew what you meant. You know, uh, yeah. Good. Because tell me, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> well, it, it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> you know, I have to be honest. If we were going to go to Hope, I was really hoping that we would drive separately because I don't know that I would be able to handle either one of you driving. No offense, but that's that's as simple oh, as it goes, right? I, I, I do not drive. like riding. How are going to let you drive? I mean, you, we'd get there faster. If we get pulled over, you flip your badge. Hey, we're good. Then keep going. <laughs> right. Hand out a business card and a sticker first, right? <laughs> Tune in. We'll, we'll, we're not lying. This is where we're going. Speaking of stickers. Right. Not that I'm plugging any, but you know. Jody, we will try to get you one of these couple of these stickers for you too. And you and Linda. Um, But but yeah, it was the guys are bringing up a great point though, Jody and Linda. I mean you you hear them. I mean we've got a a post uh horse therapy and a pre because we're going, John. I mean, either way (laughs) you're gonna figure this out. I mean so, so we get to see a before and after here. I mean, is is this a typical of what you see? Yeah. John's going to lose 10 pounds in anxiety. That's right. <laughs> right. right. I'd like to point out something about horses that we love. Horses um, don't think about the future or the past. Um, they may have learned behaviors, but they don't have anxiety about what's going to happen in the future, which makes them living now in the present and they can give their full attention to what's yep. happening now and when it's over for them it's over so they aren't necessarily tortured the way we humans are torturing ourselves about about what might happen or what did happen um and i for better or for worse um it seems pretty efficient for horses for them to be that way and and so when we meet them they aren't thinking oh there was a guy last week I wanted to kill, so I'll get this one. Um, <laughs> That's very true. They're not like that. They're not That's like why that I'm not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they're um, very interested in, in basically how you're feeling at the moment, and and they, they're paying attention to what's going on right now. And um, we, contrary to what it sounds like, we don't throw people out there to get crushed or anything. So... You could have fooled me that day. (laughs) We're going to need you to sign this waiver. (laughs) They did. They absolutely did. Here's the waiver. (laughs) 
I, you know, we joke around about it, but yeah, I, I was just anxious because I was not in control. And I think Jody and I had talked about that later. Cause when you're done with all this, they, they take you back and you still do it in the, the trailer. You the know. Yeah. We, we, we do it, whether we do it not to process. Yeah. One way. Yeah, the they have a, a group process of how did you feel? Now here I'm already feeling uncomfortable because I was just pinned between, you know, 4,000 pounds of muscle that, you know, was going to take me out in my mind. And now you want me to share in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that again, attests to I'm not in control. Um, yeah. And first responders, especially, and, you know, with me being in mental health, um, this is something John and I had talked about this week, even last week and this week was compassion fatigue. Yes. And, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, I'm, I'm no longer in control. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. My cup is full. Um, and the best way that was described to me was somebody took a bucket in front of me and started ripping pieces of paper, small little pieces of paper, but eventually that fills up and then they start ripping more and now you're making a mess where you, know, you can't process this and having the horses there and then processing afterwards. And I think the strongest point from my vantage point for the post group process is having that time of hearing other people were affected in different ways too. Cause yeah. I was not the first one to speak. I will promise you that one. I was not going to say anything, um, but Jody has a way and her <laughs> and Linda as well. And it was like, Nope, I'm not going to share. And it's like, Nope, you have to. And it wasn't that, you know, you have to or else kind of thing. It was just, you, you need to. And, um, that was the first time I started sharing and oh I don't remember what year that was do you Jody um it was we're, we're it's been 2017 16 17 16 16, 16. Yeah. and Sorry. it was yeah. just I knew the mental health part of me knew yes you need to process this this is the next step but the veteran side of me and my own personal side of me was like, yeah, there ain't no way. Well, the, the yeah, it, it just was an amazing experience. And um, I know we're cutting short on time. So I'm going to open it to John or Jared if they want to share something or ask questions before we sign off in a few minutes. I will want to leave you with a story, but go ahead, guys. Okay. If you have questions, please. Absolutely. This is your show today. You tell it to us. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Go for it, Jody. Yep. Last year, Linda and I had the immense privilege of working with an incredible group. Every group is incredible. And we just feel so honored that we get to do this work. But it was Yeah, she had every group because she knew that, you know, I would bring up Warriors Hope. For <laughs> we love Warriors Hope. Um, so we were out in the uh, out in the pasture and everybody this was their last day so they had built pottery and trust with their horse and they're standing in a circle out in the uh, out in the back pasture and they started to talk this was the most open i think any session has ever been and they were really going deep with the things that they had experienced and they talked about their um the masks, not not the COVID masks. They were talking about the, the, the way they shelter themselves, they, what they hide behind. They said, when we come here, those masks can come off. And sadly, when we leave here, the mask has to go back on because you all get us. You all understand and you accept us. And that's something that we always say to everyone who comes here. There's no judgment here. It doesn't matter what you've done. We accept you for who you are right here, right now. And that's how the horses are. So these people went incredibly deep into these horrible stories. And I know you understand. And it was just heart-wrenching. And I'm standing there trying not to cry because they're crying. And all of a sudden, 
all the horses. I kid you not, every single horse laid down behind their person. And it was such an incredible emotional time, but to see how the horses took that and then they laid down. It was just powerful to, to watch that. I have interpretations of that, what that could have meant, but I just wanna leave you with that visual that when you can be open and honest, there is someone else there and they're ready to carry it for you. Even if they have to lay down to handle the weight of what you're sharing, they'll do mm. it. Wow. John, you ready to go meet a horse? <laughs> no. <laughs> this would be one of those experiences that if if I did, if I truly um, said yes, this is this would truly be one of those experiences that uh, another border. I don't want anybody around me that I know because I believe in what what you folks are doing, and that would be another defense mechanism that I would put up, and I promise you not get out of your program what I could if I was with people that I knew, if that makes sense. All right, Jared, um, we'll go. There's, I know there's a restaurant around the corner from Hopewell. We'll go there and let John have his time. There we go. We do have the capacity to do individual sessions yes. here at Hopewell as well. So um, if you want to come, John, and, and do some individual sessions um, with the horse, you'll get to know the horse. I'm sorry, but the fact is, but the fact is that you won't have anybody else to perform for, and the horse doesn't care how you behave. The horse is the horse. And so the horse is like us, John. We don't care how you behave either. Right. right. <laughs> the thing right. is that what all the stuff we're talking about is inside ourselves. It's really not in other people. So the feelings about being out of control or powerless are inside ourselves, and there are the demons we have to fight. And so sometimes maybe an individual session would be a good, cool thing to do, John. And you're always welcome out here. You <laughs> really are. That's the truth. And, and, yeah. and John, I will tell you that we have, we have miniature horses all the way up to. <laughs> John <laughs> might start out with the ducks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on the porch with the dog. <laughs> And no, we have over dogs. They like to be out there with them. So you'd be stuck. You'd be by yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, because you don't just have. And I know we're lack. We're running short on time. But you don't just have horses. You've got the miniatures. You've got. You still have the donkeys. You still got yeah. ducks, chickens. My spirit animal. John, you can. We'll stick you in the chicken pen, John. Um, <laughs> oh, you got the goats. Um, and bunnies. Uh, you got rabbits. Oh, bunnies. Yep. But uh, no, you guys got anything else before I close this out, Jared, John? No, nope. other than nope. a, I think it's, yeah, just a thank you for them joining and talking about their program. Very much so. Yep. And uh, thank you put, so we much. We will put your information up in the descriptions of everything as well. Anything that we post, will have your your email and your website at, at the very thank least you. on it. Thank you so so much. Yeah. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jody, Linda, I appreciate you guys more than I can ever let you know. Um, thank you so much for the passion. Um, you know, we all know that we go through stuff for a reason, and we know why you went through what you went through to start this. And the connection it's had, um, you guys are out by Mount Pleasant in a little town called Wademan, which, you know, spelled like my last name, but you guys say it wrong. I'm just going to leave that um, And we do thank you for coming on. I wish we had a couple more hours to do this, but we'll definitely, one day, I promise, we'll be out there and do a live event. Um, we won't tell John when it goes live so he doesn't have to worry about it, but it might be right. when he's getting crushed. I mean, we're going to uh, roll up in a van and get in. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, when the buffet line opens up again, but. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you have anything you guys want to leave us with? Just, just keep on, keep on. You know, the world needs you. And we are blessed and honored that you are here in what you're doing. 
Thank you so, so much. All right. Thank you. And we appreciate it. And Jared, we're good to sign off. All right. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Bye, guys.